All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, hiya, buddies. Welcome to Barn Burner. It's Boomer here in, uh, you know, it's not the uh, it's not the Tower Chrysler Studios. It is the Tower Chrysler Studios. It's always the Tower Chrysler Studios. But uh, uh, from the home studios today, as we are on summer break, we're on summer vacation. Uh, we're at the the monkey bars and the jungle gym and riding our bikes. It's summertime, eating Mr. Freezies and stuff like that. Um, regular Barn Burner show is going to be popping up here and there. Whenever there's breaking news, flames do something, NHL stuff, we're going to jump in. And if we just need to, uh, you know, bullshit with you and tell you uh, how we're doing, we're going to do that for you. Uh, but this one here today is part three of our sit down with Rob and Regeer. And I have to admit, you're probably thinking when we were rolling these out, three parts with with Rob and Regeer. Um, Rob Regeer is a unique guy. If you didn't listen to part one and part two, go back and grab it. There's this is a this is a cool story. Everyone's got one, but this is no one has this story other than Rob Regeer. No one, I'm willing to bet, no one has traveled the path to the NHL and through life and career and all that that he has. So happy to bring you part three today. We heard about the. Uh, the tragic accident that he was involved in when he was 19 in part two. Now it's hockey. Um, the big man moves to, uh, to Cal- from Calgary to Buffalo. He got some sage advice. I don't know who could have given him that type of advice that Buffalo was going to be a great place, but yeah, he becomes a saber. The, the years start to take their toll on the big rigs chassis. Everything takes a little bit longer. It's a little harder to get the big man going. And a call from an old friend changes his life forever. That's all coming up here in uh, part three. And uh, be listening. Uh, how much money could you say no to? Robin said no to a lot. It's coming up. Let's get into it. Part three with Robin. Barn Burner comes to you from the Tower Chrysler Studios. Tower Chrysler voted Calgary Sun's Reader's Choice Award winner for Southern Alberta's favorite Dodge Chrysler dealer. We've been very lucky and proud to have had Tower as a barn burner partner since day number one as our studio sponsor and vehicle supplier. How great did the nation truck and nation Jeep look? Tower Chrysler, 10901 McLeod Trail South at the corner of McLeod and Southport Road. We know how it goes in, the, in, in 04 and then there's a lockout, then you guys come back and it felt like you were just going to kind of pick right up where you left off, but it, yeah. it was a different team for sure, yeah. different 
Well, and, and a year, yeah. like a year of nothing. Well, no, like, only we got to go to Europe. That was fun. Oh, we survival. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like I think, I think I topped out at two forty two in an ice shack in <laughs> northern Saskatchewan. I think in February at that at that point. But uh, I think there were a lot of guys that were scared when Chris uh, Simon phoned me in February when Gretz and I forget who else were they, they, they were canceled pushing. and they're like, we can't lose a year. You guys got it. and Gretz wasn't even playing, but he was like, I'm gonna get the ship steering correctly here Cy called me he's like we better not be playing like we're gonna have to play he's like i'm 270. <laughs> <laughs> oh there were some guys like it would have been oh, bad like, news yeah er, er, a six month training yeah camp. we we did that meeting in uh toronto i don't know if you were at that no. one uh this pa meeting and uh uh brian marchment was massive um eric lindros oh. <laughs> eric lindros someone made a joke they're like, oh my God, what did you do? Eat your brother? Like he was, he was massive. Like there, there were some big, never hungry league big and boys, boys were eating. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was. But that year, like, to lose that entire year for a team that that was right there, that hurt us a yeah. lot. Like more, way more than anything else. Uh, and then we came back. We had a good regular season the next year. But then I think we lost seven games to Anaheim. I think mm -hmm. it was in the yeah. first round, but we had a good team, but we lost a complete year of, and a year in, it doesn't sound like much to, to people, but in professional sports, professional hockey, where your typical uh, career is four, four and a half years, a year is a lot. Of everyone's aged, um, you're, you're, production usually does not go up as as you've aged like that that hurt us a lot well and how many guys you don't talk about it but how many guys were on the cusp i go back to the my first training camp was in 94 95 and there was a lockout then for a couple months well chris armstrong was a defenseman playing for the moose jaw warriors who was drafted by florida and he had a great training camp they locked out he never got another chance mm -hmm. like he had a there was a good likelihood he would have made the NHL that year. So the impacts, you know, yeah. we miss a year. We're more established. The 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 trickle down effect of missing that whole year is is so big. You can't even comprehend the, yeah. the all the pieces that got screwed over because of it. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never been able to like Gary Bettman after that. That was <laughs> uh, was one of the one of, one of the reasons I just can't 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 no. do it. No. Do so. you keep track of how much money he owes you? Like Warner's no. for two lockouts or whatever <laughs> no, it is. Like no, I, somebody owes me some dough somewhere. No, no, it's just, it's more, I just can't stand the guy. I'm just not a, not a fan. He's, well, you hey, as, as an owner, he's right? done, yeah, as an owner, he's done a great, great job for the ownership and stuff. That type of stuff. Like, it was personal vendetta tough stuff to me at that point with him and Bob. It was not, yeah, yeah, it was I not think about that, the best of for yeah, you that, or me or the game. Yeah, that relationship was, was pretty toxic at that point, for sure. So your time in Calgary fans they'll remember it, it was just those were it, it almost feels like it was literally dark being at the rink then because the againless stuff was happening and Bo Meester and the team wasn't winning and feaster it, can I jump in I know you're going to yeah, yeah I was kind of out at that point we had a couple of years and Keenan came in and the Keenan years to me were a awful disaster yeah like it was just awful. a you didn't know what the F was going on. It was, are we actually going to, it was just, a, it was, I look back on it in confusion because he, there was no direction for the it team. It was a waste. It was a waste. Of, Absolute yes. waste. Yep. Uh, anyway, then I'm, I've been kind of walked to the door and that's fine. But to those years that you talk about, because the team on paper, you know, you had Dion, yourself, Jay Bolmeister, I forget who all the other D were, but, on paper, the squad should have been all right, mm -hmm. but it didn't ever translate into to success. Do you have an answer as to why you think that might be? And 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 can, can you compare that to why the team in 03 or 04 did have success or your team in L.A. that had success? Like, what are the missing ingredients in that era or, you know, what does make a team click? Yeah, well, with with Keenan, there was no no structure really, like because he really didn't understand the, the X's nose with 
with hockey. Zero. Like he was, yeah, you'd ask him next to his nose question. And he'd, oh, well, you guys are, you guys are good, good player. Just go sort, sort it out. Like, um, so uh, I think that was, that was a problem. Um, I think age, like yeah. the age of the, the team, like we, we kind of discussed it is you miss a year, then you have, uh, who is it? Jimmy, Jim Playfair come in for, for one, one, I think, and then another one. couple, but you're already three or four you know, years, five years d- removed down from. from, from that. And, and I guess that kind of led me to the realization that, uh, you know, we have aging assets, aging players, and we're not getting any, like we're actually getting less productive yeah, 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 as, yeah. as, as a team and as players. So that was when, um, I came to the real, real, realization that it actually wouldn't be a bad thing to just look, Try look outside of that. And, you know, kind of led me to the meeting with Feaster after the season, when he met with all the, we didn't make the playoffs and he met with all the guys with no trade clauses, no movements, all that kind of stuff. And Daryl had put a bunch of guys on the team with those clauses and Feasters after he like shook me down for about two and a half hours on all my thoughts on the whole organization from coaches, players, uh, trainers, like you name it, he asked it. So after I, I was done answering all the questions, I just looked at him and said, okay, Jay, like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do with this team to, to improve it? Like, so we can actually get making the playoffs again and have some success. And that's when he told me what he was going to try to do. And it was try to move a couple players with no trade clauses. And I was like, well, what if not, what if you can't do that? And he's like, well, then we're kind of stuck. And that was my realization that, and, and at, at the end of that conversation, I just said to Jay, if there's a situation where, you know, potentially I can go to a team that is going to win and, and have that ability, I said, I would be open to that. I did not demand a trade or anything like that. Just saying like, I, I, I kind of see where, where things are going here. He was looking for flexibility. And, and right? I don't, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, yeah, so the disappointing thing was I had a no movement clause. And so I, I went, we ended up back at the lake and he didn't phone me till it was a couple days before the draft. And he phoned me at the lake and said, well, we'd like to trade you to Buffalo. And so what happened was I phoned my agent right away and my agent was mad because when you have a no trade or no movement, they should be included. Usually in you, exactly. They, they talk to the player, talk to the agent. What where are some here? of the places where you'd like to go and let's work through this together. A dialogue. There, of some there was sort. Yeah. none of that. Yeah. So it actually started a really interesting kind of chain of events because my, uh, my agent, at the time, he's like, no, just don't do anything. Leave it with me. So then he phoned, uh, I think, Darren Dreger at TSN, and he, he leaked the story. So he leaked it that uh, that Calgary wanted to trade me to Buffalo. And I didn't realize what he was doing at the time, but really he was opening the floodgates because he knew there were other teams interested. That would be interesting. But other teams didn't know there was, you there was would... in play. So, so then um, Buffalo phoned me, and they were mad because they're like, well, why aren't you coming here? Why aren't you waving? And I was like, well, I'm not saying no. I'm just trying to explore options. Is yeah, really I've got this in my what, contract. This is my exactly, right. Exactly, like I, I gave up substantial amount of money to secure the, the no movement. Like I'm gonna use it to, to, to my yeah. ability. And, and Jay has kind of put me in a bad spot here. Um, so yeah, to, just talking. And then that started, you know, talking to Rhett and Jordan Leopold and uh, players that had been in around Buffalo, um, the Pagulas flying up with Lindy and chatting with them and all that. So, you know, eventually I, I decided to wave um, and, and go there anyway to start a new adventure. And I'm actually really glad I did because um, not just that that uh, I could kind of have a sense of what was going on here in Calgary, but I think there was a little bit of getting stale here mm-hmm. in, in Calgary too, like going... And I realized that when I got to Buffalo is that, you know, you're in a different, you're new country, even though it's just the, you're it's just, a different down, place. but it's new country. Uh, 
new conference, which was travel massive. Like that was a massive difference. I didn't know a lot of the players Like you only played against them once, mm-hmm. maybe twice. And I didn't know a lot of them. Like, and I, and I did a lot of studied studying tendencies and things like that. So that was, like, I had to go back to school, um, new coach, you know, and, and played with a very different kind of, I would say a lot less structure, just come back, flood the D zone, get the puck back as fast as you can. And four guys up the other way. And that's it. Like just and back who, and forth, back and forth. Time? Lindy rough. Gotcha. And, and so like, I struggled like with that. I did not like that at all, but you, by going there and, and doing all this and, and going through a, a trade, like, uh, you know, there was some funny stuff, like buying a, buying a house in Buffalo. Like you have to have a U.S. based bank account to actually buy a house in the state of New York at the time. I was like, well, I, I have U.S. currency here, but no, they're like, you have to open up an account in the U.S. Okay. Well, that can't be that hard. Well, because the Patriot Act and stuff like that, I had to chop down a small forest and paperwork, like just to open up an account. And, and I didn't realize all that, like the visas and stuff, that was pretty easy. But there was lots of issues that you're, you're starting to realize cross-border that, that come up. And we're lucky. This is in the off-season when I actually had time to deal with it. And Christine and I can talk about it and all that kind of stuff. But so... We quickly fly to Buffalo. We've got a young one and uh, Shane is on the, like he's, he's coming, like he's due like in a month, yeah. just a little less than a month. So we only had a certain amount of time to fly. So we fly to Buffalo, uh, look at houses quickly and we can't find one that we like, but we kind of find this area that, that one and more near downtown yeah. by, uh, by, uh, uh, Chapin Parkway there by the uh, Hutches, yep. Yep. right? The restaurant. So, so we get home and we start uh, getting our realtor to send us pictures and video of these houses as she goes around that. Maureen. Uh, flavor, no, flavor? No, no, yeah, this was Sarah Robitaille. Anyway. So we, we find a house that we like and it's this hundred-year-old home, beautiful old brick home, and that. And what happens is Christina's water breaks, and we're at the lake. And so I drive her into Prince Albert. We're at the Vic uh, Hospital in, in PA, and I get a phone call. And it's Sarah Robitaille, the realtor from Buffalo. Um, there's stuff going on with this house. You guys need to put an offer in today, or else it's gone. And we're like, well, we're a little busy. Christina's... Uh, in contractions here, here. Yeah. like she's like no like you have to do this and are you serious like <laughs> so so the offer then is faxed to our friends the Brodas in prince albert they drive it over to the hospital and in between contractions we're signing an offer to buy a house in buffalo we have not physically being in or yeah. like we've only seen a few pictures yeah. of it like that's the kind of stuff that that went on and like the nurses in prince albert they're like we've seen a lot of stuff but we have not yeah, seen this, this. Yeah. we've not seen this one babe, before babe, like, if you could just sign just yeah. initials can you just get yeah, your initials? yeah village honda is a proud supporter of barn burner you can find them in the northwest auto mall or check them out online at villagehonda.com village honda's got new hondas arriving daily Drive away in your new Honda from Village Honda, your dealership for life in the Northwest Auto Mall and at villagehonda.com. The Hearing Loss Clinic has been helping change people's lives for the better since 1993. At the Hearing Loss Clinic, it's never been about hearing impairment. It's been about empowering you to be socially active, more connected with those around you, and confident in every aspect of your life. People of any age can suffer from hearing loss, and studies have shown that serious health risks have been linked to untreated hearing loss. They have nine locations to serve you, four in the city of Calgary. Make a healthy choice and book an evaluation today at hearingloss.ca. Because you said about winning, you knew you... You had to know you weren't going to win in Buffalo. No, they had a so, good squad. Well, the, well, no, they were trying to they were trying to load up, but the problem is they they loaded up with the wrong group, right? Like they they loaded up with with Christian Erhoff and Billy Leno, Leno and so some of the guys like Pagula. when they just yeah, started they spending just money. Throwing, they because yeah, they had a good 
They yeah. had had a good run post uh, lockout. Yeah. That season that we missed because they had Drury and Breer. They'd won the yeah. conference. They lost yeah. in the semifinals when so, they puck went over. And the Miller, Miller and Ned. Miller, like, yeah. So, yeah, and we actually had a really good start to the season. We just, we fell flat after after that. And and so, so be it, right? Like, yeah. it, it sometimes it doesn't all work out, but I really enjoyed, like, it was challenging. All that stuff was challenging, but it was really nice to just have change a, a different scenery yeah different teammates and and that and really like by going out east it it allowed allowed us to come back west because that was ultimately the flames did not want to uh that's what it came down to the flames didn't want to deal within the western conference and there was no other team that would take alice code league's contract because uh the buffalo took code Co- Co- contract to, before yeah, yeah yeah exactly uh but but by doing that, by going out east, I had a chance to come back west to uh, to LA eventually. And how did that come about? Do you? Uh, so that would how have many been, years in Buffalo? So a year and a half. So played the full season, the first full season, and then the next year was the half lockout yeah. um, or partial lockout. We get back playing, um, things aren't aren't going great, and I get a phone call. Uh, would you waive your no movement? to go to LA and I, there were rumblings of it. Um, and that, and, and at that point, like LA had won, uh, in 12. So that was 13. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm at the tail end of my career now. All I want is a chance. Like, I don't think you can, you can truly pick the team. If you do, you're lucky, but I just want a chance. And I felt like, and, and Christine and I talked about it. We felt like we had a chance there. Daryl was there. They had a good team. They'd, so went there, we lost in the West, Western Conference Finals to uh, Chicago that year. They won. Uh, and then the next year, um, we, we won. So it was like, it's, it's kind of, you look back on it and you're like, well, there's, yeah, did things work out the way we wanted in Buffalo? No, but in a roundabout way, like maybe there's good, it's yeah, a good you thing. ended up there and it all works out. That hockey that the kings and the hawks played in the playoffs so you lost to the hawks in the semi-final the in the western conference final western conference final the year before and then the next year you beat them in game seven in chicago is that correct had to come back to win that game yeah that was that that hockey was, was unbelievable that was an amazing series so i was uh by that point series like it was obviously chicago was in the middle of their their really really strong teams and la was pushing um but that the our team in la uh that was we had gone down three nothing to san jose and right right? like so if you look back on it we played very poorly leading up to the end of the regular season because we couldn't move anymore we knew we were getting san jose and i think it was like the last eight or nine games we lost like five of them or like it was it was we didn't play very good at all and then we thought well we'll just flip the switch right and no we got absolutely pumped for the first two games what in happened san jose in the third game something uh, i think over time uh there was a fight uh i think i fought in that game was it, did i fight and we lost in overtime uh but but our added like daryl was honest about attitudes like change our attitude and get better attitude so we played way better in the game game three and then game four we won and then started rolling after after that and you know with san jose you just had to give them some doubt like because they'd been yeah, so yeah. close for so long uh, um which which we did and then uh you know we we went on to win game seven on the road i think i don't think the score was even that close we just kind of eventually took over the game but the interesting thing is back to then uh round two so we won game seven on the road after being down three nothing uh the second round we won game seven on the road in anaheim and then round three back to the series you were saying chicago uh won game seven on the road alec martinez um yeah in in game seven like overtime like unbelievable and then he he scored the winner uh in overtime against rangers in in game five in LA. So just a, a wild ride there for kind of, you know, personally for that last kind of three or four years of, you know, multiple trades, some different cities and different teammates, but, 
but you know, a lot of fun and, you know, getting to, to the final, final goal. Uh, yeah. I talked to you about it. When did you know it was time to walk away? Oh, so, uh, very uh, interesting interaction with Dean Lombardi. So um, I'm in LA. Uh, we're, we're making our first kind of uh, playoff push in 13 before the Chicago series. And things were, were, you know, I'd kind of settled in. He was happy with things the way they were. And I had a borrowed car. I knew a lady down there. I think you've met her, Kathy Blackburn. Yep. She borrowed me her little, uh, she had a little Porsche Carrera down there. Well, I was waiting for the F three fifty to come over from Buffalo. They wedging you into a yeah yeah. Um, so I I hop in the car after practice one day, and there's a little yellow sticky note on the windshield, and it says three three three, come see me, Dean. So uh, I'm like, okay. So I, I I get out with the sticky note. I go up to Dean Lombardi's office. And he says, okay, come in. And he's like, well, what do you think? I'm like, what do you think? What do I think about what? Like, well, the contract offer, you know, three years, $3 million per year. Like, do you like it? That was his, that was his yeah. offer, like on a yellow sticky note on the windshield. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Like I, I, I loved him, but he had, he had some quirks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I first said is this, I said, you know, Dean, I, I, enjoy being here. We've got a great team. I like the guys. Uh, but I actually said this to him. I said, I feel personally, physically, mentally, that I can play at a level where I think I can be productive and where way I want for two years. I said, the way I'm feeling after that, I said, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and he, he looked back at me and he says, you know, you're the first player it's ever lopped off a year of Three million. A, a contract offer. Um, but at that point, like at that point, all I cared about was just being a part of a team and really physically I was starting to break down. Like my knees are always a weak, weak link and mentally too, like it takes a toll. And I truly felt like two years I could play I hard for two years. And after that, like, I don't know, and I'm not gonna. I don't like, want to be held to it. I don't no, want anyone like pissed off. Yeah, I, I, and I, I didn't have to like, and and that way. So we just had a very honest conversation about it all. Um, you know, if and I and I never, like at that point, like you, I was never like, well, I'm gonna get as much money as I possibly can. Like that, that really wasn't a motivation at that point at all. It was winning, like getting a chance to win. And I felt like we had that there. And that to me was the most important part of it. And, you know, Christina was mad because she loved LA. She loved LA and wanted to be there as long as long as possible. But like, I, I already had other stuff going on too. Like I'd started to a food service company with, with people and things like that. And, and mentally, like my knees were like, by the end, my, my knees were, were really, really bad. And I, if you look back on it, I probably played a year too long. Like my, that last year, I was getting um, all kinds of injections and things like that. I could only turn one way. Like I was pro I probably made a mistake by a year, but at least we had that frank conversation about it. McLeod Law is proud of their Calgary roots. It's a big part of their longstanding client relationships. They understand the city, people in it, and the way things work in Calgary. Like the communities they serve, the McLeod Law team, varied, diverse, and share a commitment to making a positive impact in Calgary. Whether your challenge is business or personal, they're in it with you, professionals with a common goal, helping clients meet their goals. McLeod Law. Bonton Meat Market. You've heard us talk about Bonton for years, and if you know, you know. And if you don't, then what's taking so long? Bonton Meat Market has been serving Calgary for over a hundred years and is better than ever. When you walk through the door, you can take comfort in knowing that the product is the very best. Quality and the customer is number one to Greg Keller and his staff at Bonton. Once again, voted Calgary Consumer Choice Award winner for the best deli meat market. Summer is here. It's time for Bonton. Bonton Meat Market. 
28 Crowfoot Circle Northwest. Did you make four and a half million over the, did you make your 9 million over the two years or did you just say, uh, I'm good, 3 I'm, million? I'm, yeah, yeah, I said, I'm good with, I'm good with two years. If yeah, you like, hadn't, <laughs> if you hadn't won, would that have been motivating to keep you going? Because it was no. like for me, I lost three times and I'm my head, I'm like, I should have yeah. kept trying. No, no, no Rhett. Uh, at, at that point, I didn't think about that at all. Like, it was a nice bonus, uh, part of a winning team at, at the end, or a really nice bonus. But, um, you know, you physically, were... like my, my one knee. So I, I, was in a, I was in one appointment with uh, this doctor who'd done thousands of PRP injections. And I was in there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And it was very, it was bothering me. It was hurting and, and that. And I said, how is it? Like, what does it look like? How is it? All that kind of stuff. And he's like, well, I can tell how bad something is by how much fluid it takes because um if if it's really porous and it takes a lot of fluids he's like it's 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 close to being done or it's in rough shape and he's like yours took a lot of fluid like when some doctors there telling you that's done thousands and thousands of these like mm -hmm. it's bad it kind of it made me realize i i thought it was i felt it was but him saying that, I'm like, okay, it's, it is. And what do I want to risk now that's going to limit me after playing hockey? Mid-30s, still lots of life to, to live after hockey and do things. I love, I love active, being active. Yeah. I'm super active. I love being active. And I felt that to put all that at even more risk wasn't for for a, a, a dollar amount uh you know a substantial dollar amount but it's not wasn't worth the the reward to me i i would rather be able to do things with with friends family kids things like that than be sitting at home in a chair and your knees your like of, knees mangled yeah of all the guys that we've talked to or that i've talked to over the years you stand out as the guy who was most at peace as his career was over i've never i've never spoken with anybody you were obviously you were clearly you had an idea of when you were going to be done you didn't want to go past that due date and you were good with it yeah like uh, i i think for a variety of reasons like uh when you're when your body's telling you you should listen but mentally too like mentally you sit in a kind a of struggle. mid mid 30s like i never had a problem sitting and listening in a meeting until like those last couple years and some of those meetings they drag on and this and that and i'm i'm finding my my mind started wandering and i'm having a harder time being engaged in these meetings like it's it's the same penalty kill meeting that you've had thousands of times and and so you start thinking about things like that and having conversations with other players and retired players and mentors and agents and you know you name it and they, they bring up the point like you're you're being tired of being told what to do how to dress where to be all that kind of structure it 
it just, it kind of had, had run its course. And I think having other interests outside of hockey, I think is very important. Um, I think that's one thing that's a real struggle for today's players is, uh, they're single tracked from a very young age. Um, some want to, some, their parents do it and they become hyper-focused on just playing hockey. Little Johnny, just worry about hockey. We'll, we'll deal with managing everything else around you, but you just focus on hockey. Okay, great. Little Johnny becomes a great hockey player, but he sucks at life. He's got no other skills, social interest wise, anything like that. And then what? Like after you're done playing hockey, there's lots of life left to live and you're very one dimensional person. And I think that had a lot to do with kind of people around me and again, family, friends, stuff like that, have other interests, have like, don't just be a hockey player, have hockey as something that you do, but don't have it kind of singularly define you as a person. Uh, and I, and I truly felt that way. Like it was, it was actually beneficial to have other interests because it actually helped me focus on well, something else say, and come back that, to hockey that I know you did was have plans for after. And there's lots of talk amongst players. Oh, I'm going to plan and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. But most of the guys think they have a plan and they don't really have a plan. All of a sudden they're done. And the, that plan that they had isn't really what they want to do or, or a good plan. Robin had a plan and he's executed on it and he's had interest in it. Talk about that. Like you set up a business here in Calgary prior to being done hockey. Think, I mean, I don't know if you had a grand plan for it to turn into something that you were always going to do or if it just walked its way into that, but you did, you had things moving forward for post-career hockey. Yeah. Like having conversations with people about, you know, what are you, what are you going to do after hockey? Well, you're still playing. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, you, there's there's lots of life left to live after hockey so that got me thinking and and um the other thing too is uh with Christina she was always really good at organizing and you did that too with Chrissy and stuff organizing different social things whether it was birthday parties team parties whatever it was um but but birthday parties for our kids for example wherever we were Buffalo LA we invited not just hockey the hockey circle but other circles, like circles of friends from outside of hockey that, that kids had or we had. And we were always very open to other circles. And it, it was interesting because a lot of times the, the people would show up um, and the players specifically, and they wouldn't mingle with they any they other. They just, yeah. And and it was really interesting to see. Is but a we, small town? No. no it's it's or, a no, selfish it's, thing. And, you're yeah. sel- and, and you're, it's, it's not a knock on the players, but you become selfish because part of you has to be selfish to be successful. You have to have a yeah. level of selfishness and arrogance about yourself, and I'm not saying those in negative terms at all, to, to do the things that you need to do to put yourself in a position to be successful. I, I agree. I agree with that point. And, um, but, you know, for, for us at that at that stage, we, we also were open to just people being, yeah, different people, different things and living in a different, different cities. And so it kind of forces you to open up a little bit. Um, so that's kind of how it, it started. And, uh, it's actually a little easier to do that. I, I found when you're away, like, cause we'd kind of been so entrenched here in, in Calgary, but it kind of forces you yeah. to, to, to do that when you, when you move to a different city, different country that way. Like I remember Christina, she said like she was at a, one of the coffee shops in Buffalo and she just saw a mom's group like that. Yeah. And we had, we had the, the Shane was brand new and why it was like three, but she just walked up like, Hey, I'm, I'm new here. And Can you I know, hear? yeah. And they're like, yeah, great. Like yeah. they had nothing to do with hockey, like, but that's kind of some of the ways that we, we thought about it. And, and I think that really helped too, because you have uh different circles other than hockey because the hockey one ends and i I don't know what rhett would say about this but i found like after every team there's maybe like two or three guys Mm -hmm. out of 20 ish players that you kind of really stay in touch with like you'll still reach out every now and again but you're always teammates and friends but but there's but there's not really that many that you have like a real close 
long-standing relationship with. Um, and so like, it's important to have other relationships outside of that, other, other interests outside of that too. And, and for me, like it kind of came to me with friends. They're like, what do you want to do after hockey? Where do you want to live? And Calgary seemed to be the, 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 um, the kind of the choice. And, you know, we started blue line organically and kind of continued to grow it. And I take two days out of the, the summer and do rig tours in Northern Alberta, like two days off of training and go learn a little bit about the oil patch and, and what was going on and stuff. And I enjoyed it. Like I didn't enjoy the fact that most of the time, if I went into a doghouse up in Northern Alberta, it was Edmonton Oilers. Like I still remember <laughs> one rig. I walked in there and there's a big Ryan Smith Jersey, just right now. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like yeah. if, if everyone on the rig would add mullets, I would have really lost my mind. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it was just really interesting to, to learn about something different and new and something I enjoyed. We would kind of joke about it, but it'd be like, how's Regeer doing? Oh, he's good. He's driving some skid steer up in Fort McMurray, happier than yeah. pig and shit. I mean, yeah. oh, life's great. Yeah. But I mean, blessed in a way, because it's, well, you, it's you tougher, have to. guys, because that hockey machine, it just keeps going. And I don't know that it's a conscious thing, but I think for ex-players, you get left behind very quickly. Almost, not that you're forgotten about, but it's got to keep going. Now it's, yeah. which is the next player? You, if you can't play, they're not going a man short. They're putting yeah. somebody in that spot yeah. and that could be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Just interchangeable pieces really is what it is. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the, the, the change. Like, uh, there's actually some things that are like direct correlation to hockey, right? Like, you know, you're building a business. You want to, you want to put together a good high performing team. Like everyone, everyone's got different roles, responsibilities, same as a hockey team. Like a lot of that has direct correlation. Some, uh, very different. Like, um, I'll give you an example, like in hockey, it's very, uh, it's almost instant gratification or goat horns. Like, yeah. right. You win a game, you lose a game. You win a game, you lose a game. There's always at the, a score at, being kept. Yeah. At the, um, at the end of the season, did we make the playoffs? Great. Yay. We did like, or no. Oh, what are we going to like? It, it's very, um, instant gratification or not. And with business, small business, um, it's, it's like, months or years sometimes like yes you will have small little wins and losses along the way but okay what's our strategy uh okay this is the strategy who are we going to put in place to do that okay now we're going to implement it and then it doesn't just happen the next day like yeah. it takes months or years yeah you go sometimes here and then you question for, your strategy it, probably. and then oh. review it yeah and so like uh it's just a very different like there's some correlation with with the team but there's also other others it's just like i gotta learn to be a little bit more patient with what's going on the word is out madrose pub in royal oak has become one of calgary's best pubs and it's no secret why 20 beers on tap kid friendly saturday sunday and monday daily specials lunch specials some of the best food you're going to find in the city period burgers pastas steaks full entrees and proud to serve one of the best and most talked about pizzas in Calgary. Summer's here. Come enjoy the brand new patio. Check out their website. Maybe order some takeout. Madrose.pub is the website. 15 Royal Vista Place is the address. It's Madrose Pub. We probably should wrap this up because you. I just got a. I got. You got a couple more. Well, I was going to ask to what you've done this business Blue Line. It's had success. I'm guessing you said that you're thinking about selling it, getting out of that. Are you get if you are what's the next chapter for robin Rigo? you said you had a five years of excitement and then five years of establishment and then five years wanting to win and then you got out and now you did the this part what's 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 the future bringing yeah so so i call it actually transitions i don't i don't really very yeah. rarely do i call it retirement like i transitioned from from hockey into small business with with blue line um i'll be looking to transition out here you know probably in the next couple years I'm I'm guessing to to something else for me um I think that's uh focusing more on agriculture I love I love agriculture grew up working on a farm um been fortunate to to purchase some farmland in Saskatchewan and rent it out to you know a big group of people a lot of some of them were the ones I grew up working for yeah I love agriculture uh 
fantastic job of it here in Western Canada. And I'm very proud of it. I don't care what that idiot in Ottawa has to say about it. Like we do a good job of it and other things as well, oil and gas and stuff. So I want to be more involved with that. Like, is it a day-to-day piece? No, I probably don't want to be in an operating company of, of a farm, but uh, as a, as a landowner and having something tangible and enjoying the land and you're going to be a hired man you're going to be driving the tractors and the yeah or or like or having the the choice of to to go out there or not i i really like that flexibility um i'm doing a little bit more volunteering so i'm i'm co-chair of the flames alumni golf tournament now and have this will be my second year uh we've got that coming up may 25th at at pritis and so trying to do a little bit of, of that I'm uh, I've volunteered to be on the executive board and a few things so uh, I would say I'm focusing on the, the next transition on doing a little bit more of what I'd like to do and want to do rather than maybe what I feel like I have to, Obligated do. to do yeah, yeah. Um, so what does that look like um, I'll tell you this I felt like I had a chip on my shoulder coming out of hockey I because I'd had some success in hockey, uh, financial, uh, winning and you know, all that kind of stuff, but it was in hockey and now you want to prove, I, I wanted to prove that I could do it outside of hockey. I felt like I've done that now and I don't have that chip on my shoulder anymore. And I'm okay with this transition going into something and not having that built-in plan that you talked about before of just kind of seeing what's what's out there and i and i know i've talked to people um in in that retirement kind of space and they're like just just wait like you'll you'll wait and and see what comes at you and you'll get a chance to pick and choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do so i think that is more what i'm I'm looking forward to in the next couple of years with with the transition. I well, would say and spending that last not last time that but those boys that you have at home that's going fast too. It is, yeah, it is. It is really fast, and we're now because because neither of them uh, can drive yet and, and things like we're in it. Like you, you have to run them around everywhere, and which is great. Like yep. we, Christine and I, both enjoy it. Uh, you know, still having the conversations with them in the, in the car and things like that. Cause soon that's going to be done. Like soon if once they, they do get their licenses and, and can drive themselves, they're not going to want us around. And, and quite frankly, I'm not going to want to go to a 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock practice. <laughs> like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't, don't want to. So, yeah. um, trying to, trying to maximize what, uh, what we have right now for sure. Just the last one I had, cause I asked if, if it always stuck out to me. One of the times we had you in studio at the station you had said the one thing you miss is being able to go out and hit guys when you have that kind of pent up aggression you could go and hit guys and I asked one of your former teammates I'm like just tell me you know got Robin coming in and he said he's the most ferocious teammate I've ever played with that part of your is is that built in the I saw it two minutes ago when he said the chip on his shoulder right right? like it's yeah the the I would say I've come to the realization that it's not going to, there's not going to be the same outlets for that. Like that outlet for in hockey was, it's amazing. Like uh, you're, you're doing your job, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And you're having a chance to like, if you have a personal vendetta against someone like I did uh, with Edmonton and stuff like that, like to be able to do that, like made me feel warm and fuzzy inside to try to grab that guy and run him. Like physically try to put him through the stanchions of the glass like if i could shove him in there as like it man did that make me feel good like but i know that i cannot do that now or if i do that i'm in deep trouble and so do i miss that yes i do but i realize that i i i can't do that anymore either like there's there's things that happen in my, me, my body that it just doesn't feel good anymore. So is there some outlets that, yes, like, so I love like playing tennis now, like uh, Marty Jelena has taken up tennis and I'll play tennis. And so I'll go out there and play with them or Christina plays and 
or do things with the boys, right? You're out there playing and doing things with them. Am I going to let them win? Like, no, I'm not like, you need to beat me. Like, you know, like I, I'm not going to just water ski still to water ski. Uh, like, so I love skiing. Um, I actually joined, uh, there's a private club down South here called predator Bay. So I joined there. I haven't skied yet. I left my ski in Saskatchewan, but I'll go grab it this weekend. Uh, and I'll ski. I skied a lot last summer. I skied really well, actually the best I ever have. And I won a tournament actually on, on Emma there. We had a, there was a tournament I got invited to September long weekend. It was fantastic. It was just a blast. Like, and, and just very different individual sport, right? Like you're out there on your own. Uh, and so I, I like that, but is it the same as, as putting Hemsky through the glass? No, but at least I'm out there doing something, being competitive and coming to the realization that that's, that's where it is right now for me. It's not back 10 years ago. This is now like, enjoy what you can do now. And I, I, I think I'm okay with that. Is there a reason it was Hemsky? Did he say something? He cross-checked me in the throat when I didn't get a penalty. And I just, every time (laughs) I just tried to, oh yeah, I just, oh yeah, just (laughs) absolutely. I just tried to think about that. And just the last thing, uh, uh, same teammate, he said uh, that you lead the league in ripping off guys shirts at the bar. Oh, a hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Yeah. He doesn't know why. He doesn't yeah. understand what the deal yeah. was. I but. don't know. Just uh, when you, you when you get Rammy, certain certain people have certain things. I guess that was it. And uh, one of the funny one of, one of the funny things I was in during the lockout. I was in Lowell with uh, visiting my brother who was playing down there. Brendan Evans was down there. And uh, yeah, we went out in Boston one night. Just got after it, right? And I had I'd ripped one of his. I think he really enjoyed it. it was some old concert T-shirt or something that meant <laughs> broke. Actually, heart. yeah, it just had some meaning to him, right? So one of the funniest things though is I woke up the next morning and he had stayed up all like at that night, taken a massive kitchen knife and cut both of my shoes in half. <laughs> Both of so, uh, so, so I got him or he got me back, right? Get in there and they just fell, fell open. Yeah. Like, oh, it was so funny. Like for, for that, like, I love that kind of stuff. I love the, the, uh, the little like pranks and yeah. things like that. I learned from Rhett and, you know, the pranks I pulled on Daryl later on in LA, like I, I pulled some good ones on him and, and the, a lot of the players were scared of him. Like, and it's like, well, no, like if he's getting too wound up and yeah. stuff, like we need to do something to him. So he realizes that. And he, and he did, he, he'd come in. Oh, you guys want me to chill out? Hey, we're like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like get the point. 100%. Yes. So let it sink in. <laughs> it's crazy. When you think about the team this year, they could, they could have used it. Oh, well, yeah. Instead of, instead of, exactly. Instead of going in and actually doing that and having that interaction, you unnamed person talk to your agent and get your agent to say something in the like that's not leadership like go in have a conversation even if if you need to yell and scream and hash it out do it like that's part of being in a high pressure situation you're being paid a lot of money to win and perform like you're not always going to be on a team you want to be on you're not always going to have a coach that loves you or likes you, you're but you are paid, you, want, you are paid to perform yeah. plain and simple, like go out and do it. Like, and that, that's, that was a real disappointment with the team here this year is, is, you know, the excuses and the indirect, well, they, they, just go in there and hash it out. Like, yeah, don't, be, or don't hash it out, go perform or go perform. perform. It won't be Sim- an issue. Simple. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that next coach is going to be an interesting spot because you know there's drama in that room when you come in. It's already been established. Well, it's it's very interesting because now you have a uh, a team that really multiple players quit. They quit on the coach. You 100%. could you could see it. And okay, so now you appease those players as a, as an organization quitting on the coach, even though they're paid to perform and paid to win. Um, and then you you bring in what like you bring in so now you appease them do you bring in a soft coach and just let them do whatever you want i don't think so you have to bring in a firm but fair coach that is actually going to hold these players accountable to what they signed up for in the first place 
to what the, when you put your name on that contract, it's to perform to the top level of your team. It doesn't say in there, well, you have to like the coach or you have to like, the, like, yeah. it doesn't, like, it's pretty simple, but I think a lot of these players on this team are having trouble with that. And that, that kind of bugs me a little bit as a, as a former I former worry player. that it's more than just on this team. I feel like it's part of the yeah. game a little bit, but that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's another podcast. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing amount of time we just uh, rolled out there. But thanks for that. It's uh, You've always been one of my favorite guys, even back to when I was an actual media person. You were a guy in the room with two knee braces on and ice bags. And it, it was amazing the work that you had to put in, clearly, to to play at that high level and to, to walk away and to be as happy as you are. Well, it's, uh, you're, one, you're one of the few guys, that I, I think, that really is you should be so proud of how it's all gone for you. Yeah, well, it, it takes a team. Like I've talked about it many times here. It takes a, it takes a big, big team around, you know, family and support network and friends and stuff, and it, it truly does. Because it's not, there's no, it's not a, you know, we're winning along the way all the time. Like there's challenges in there. There's losses. There's, there's issues. But you just got to keep, keep going. Just keep going. Let's see if get that house actually gets built. That's the challenge. That will now. be. It's yeah. it's happening. <laughs> it's it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. Yeah, thank you. Hey guys, it's Pinder. Betway bet of the daytime. I'm looking to the 2023-2024 NHL season, and you can bet on trophy winners. Hart. Well, it's going to be Connor. No odds there. Vesna, Norris, all that stuff. But here's one where I think I found some value. Connor ran away with the scoring title this year for the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy for most goals. But who wasn't healthy? And who would have been the favorite to win that trophy at the beginning of the year? Probably Austin Matthews. He's plus 600. That's six to one to win the Rocket Richard Trophy next year. It's a contract year for the American who about to get paid. Let's jump on that one. Six to one for Austin Matthews to win the Rocket Richard Trophy on your Betway bet of the day. There you have it. I hope you liked that. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know I did. It was it was not going to be, we had no real, and I've said this before, we had no, let's let's sit down so we can get three parts, uh, three segment things done with Robin Regeer. We just sat down and started to get into it. And I had a feeling it was going to kind of, be, because of Rhett and his relationship with Robin, and just Robin's a very thoughtful guy. He was one of those guys, working media, when you go into the room, you're looking for something a little bit different. Who, who's going to tell me a story? Who's going to give me something other than just the generic one day at a time, play our eight game type stuff. And Robin was always one of those guys. And it's kind of big dude, big, tall, hulking defenseman is kind of soft spoken just with his speech and that, but he's a very insightful guy. You knew if you were going to his stall, he was going to give you probably some pretty honest stuff, sometimes brutally honest, which is what you love. If you're a fan and if you're in the media, you want to get that honesty. Um, but it was, it, it was insightful. It was thoughtful. It was real. And he always appreciated that about, uh, about Robin. And I think that you got that there. You can see from his upbringing, some of the challenges and all of that. This is not a guy who was motivated by, by, by money, clearly. Um, but big, strong, tough, competitive, yet you can see there's that, it feels like that moral compass has been pointed in the right direction. You, you could tell just from the upbringing, parents, brothers and sisters, the family, that whole thing, what was important to them and him growing up continues to be as he's now a parent and a husband and a, and a Calgarian himself. Pretty cool. Hope you like that. We've got more of these uh, coming up. We continue to work our way. I know what you're thinking. Oh, you guys are just, we're working behind the scenes. We're working very hard. Fingers worked to the bone. Trust me. Uh, more of these coming up. Uh, already, we can tell you, not one but two visits with Hockey Hall of Famers. That's right. One uh, very recently in welcomed into that prestigious club. So a couple Hall of Famers, another former flame coming up who uh, he himself had a unfortunate taste of tragedy that changed his life forever. forever. And uh, if you, you know what, if you like these, if you have an idea, if you have ideas, thoughts, opinions, you like it, you don't like it, send us an email. Boomer at flamesnation.ca. Fire me an email. Tell me what you think. Be somebody you'd like to see on the show things that we can do for you. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Hope you're having a great summer. Hope you're enjoying yourself. 
hope Stampede isn't uh, tearing your right to shreds. Um, so be good. Support the sponsors. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We, we, we said we wanted to do this. We were going to scale back and we were going to change things a little bit. And everybody was very on board and understood and they were all for it. So hopefully uh, they appreciate it and hopefully you appreciate them. It's how we're able to do what we do. So do support those sponsors. We love them. You love them. We love you. And uh, we know you love us. I mean, who couldn't really? That's, uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of Barn Burner. Stay tuned. More cool stuff coming up. Have a great one, buddies. See ya.